You are listening to WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM. Up next, Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only queer radio hour. Hold on tight. Welcome to Alternative Perspectives. This is Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues that affect Atlanta's queer community. I am your host, uh, Greg Bosson, uh, and I am queer. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, The opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. So I hope everybody is doing well. It seems like it has started to cool off, thank the Lord. And uh, it is July the 12th. Uh, We had, I hope you had a good uh, holiday, a July 4th weekend. Actually, that was last weekend, wasn't it? Boy, time flies when you're getting older. So uh, anyway, uh, tonight on the show, we're going to be covering, uh, we have a guest. His name is Timothy McLemore. Uh, He's a social influencer. He's an activist. Uh, He's also somebody that has just written a book about uh, abuse, about domestic abuse, physical violence in the context of LGBTQ plus relationships. And we're going to be talking about his personal experience and a nonprofit that he's developed to help people that are in these kinds of relationships and don't really have the same resources that others do. Uh, If you are queer and you're in a domestic violence uh, situation and you're living in Alabama or you're living in South Georgia or something like that, uh, you can't really go to a women's shelter if you're a man. So there's some real difficulty there. And and there's a lot of shame involved with that, even more so. Uh, fewer people uh, feel comfortable reporting domestic abuse in the queer community and certainly in the trans community because the resources just aren't there. So we're going to be talking about that very important issue. But before we do that, news of the queer. Uh-uh. I know that's right. Oh, no, she didn't say what? And we have Alexa, as usual, with us from Georgia Equality. Hey, Alexa, how are you doing this morning? Hey, Greg, I am feeling good. Always my favorite time of the week. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It, the weather's nicer, isn't it? Um, yes, it feels better, that's for sure. I'm not <laughs> always for the cloudy, because we have a lot of clouds, but it's definitely cooled off probably 20 degrees, so I yeah. won't complain. yeah. <laughs> Well, you can always complain, but all right. So um, (laughs) what is the craziness that you want to talk about today in the news? What do you got? So many stories, but one that stuck out to me this morning um, is actually coming from Al Jazeera. So Russia proposes extending gay propaganda law to all adults. Um, Under proposed changes to law, any event or act regarded as an attempt to promote homosexuality could incur a fine. Um, And so I thought this story was interesting. So I'll go a little into it. Yeah. Yeah. Russian lawmakers have proposed extending a ban on the promotion of non-traditional sexual relationships among minors to now include adults as well, as senior legislators have said. Um, This Russia, so Russia's existing gay propaganda law passed in 2013 has been used to stop gay pride marches and actually detain LGBTQ rights activists. 
Um, under the proposed changes to the law, any event or act regarded as the attempt to promote homosexuality could incur a fine. So I'll pause there. This really made me think about um, a lot what's happening here in the States, um, specifically Roe v. Wade. And remember, we had a conversation a few weeks back. We discussed a little bit about um, interpretation of language in the law. And so to me, the word in act that's regarded as an attempt seems like it's it's subjective, right? There is somebody in authority who is going to be deciding what is promotion of homosexuality and what's not. Um, so yeah, I'll do a little bit, go a little bit more into it. Um, authorities say that they are defending morality in the face of what they argue are un-Russian liberal values promoted by the West. Human rights activists say that the law has been broadly applied to um, intimidate Russians, um, Russian LGBTQ community. Um, what do you think about that? I, a, a number of things. I mean, I thought it was an interesting point that you made that uh, that the law states that if something is regarded as promoting homosexuality, so who is the arbiter of what is regarded? You know, is exactly. the first thing. Uh, exactly. that, you know, I I've decided that I think you're promoting homosexuality, and so therefore you can't do that. Um, which seems insane. Uh, but then beyond the word regarded is the word promoted. You know, I, exactly. I never understood. <laughs> what does it mean to promote? Promote sounds like you're trying to get somebody to be gay, right? Yeah, I think they're insinuating, you know, that whole like gay um, agenda theory that's out there. I think they're insinuating that like, you know, the queer community is trying to... Um, convince or sway children to be a part of, you know, some kind of agenda, you know, like, um, and so, yeah, the promotion insinuates that there's some action outside of just like living your life, right? There's something going further um, yeah, about, which, yeah. Which would mean if you're saying that they're trying to pre prevent the promotion of homosexuality, then of course that makes it sound like it's a choice again, correct? That um, too. And, yeah. and, to, and to a certain extent, uh, maybe they think that the choice is to act on your feelings. You know, maybe they feel like, hey, you know, if you're attracted to uh, the same sex, you know, that's your business, but we don't want to encourage you to act on it. And by saying that it's okay to be gay with a pride march, you're basically promoting the idea that it's okay to be who you are, really. So, <laughs> well, you know, the, I mean, the last paragraph I read, they said authorities say that they're defending the morality, right? The R Russian morality, that's the word they use. And so to me, it goes even further than that. They literally think that, you know, homosexuality is not okay. And it right. goes beyond just like you doing whatever you want behind closed doors. They just literally believe that it is like deviant and immoral. And so now they're creating laws quite much like what they're doing here in the states to to limit what you can do legally because according to this article as you read on russia already had a ban in place but it was just you could get this fine if you were promoting homosexuality to children but now they've expanded it to include adults too so it's like how far are they going to go because it sounds like they're on the path to limiting 
what someone can actually do, you know, and how they can, how they can exist and who they are. And I, the thing, I don't understand why he's gotten, he being Putin has gotten so into this lately. I mean, there must be some sort of political benefit for doing so, because I don't know. And I mean, I think that's why that's happening here in the States. Uh, The right wing sees that as an issue that can rile people up. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those it's one of those things where I don't know. It just blows me away that as far as we've come, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and there's many people that will say, you know, Oh, there's no more. We, we don't really need to worry about gay rights in the world anymore. You know, the it's, it's, it's a done deal. It's, it's over. And it's like, this goes to show us that it is most definitely not over, you know, most not definitely. at all. Not at all. I mean, one of the last lines in this article, it says that homosexuality was a criminal offense in Russia until 1993 and was classified as a mental illness until 1999. Right. Wow. And so when I talk, tell you way behind Russia, um, that was in our lifetime a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. For um, sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it is happening. And, and the, you know, the, it, it it may not be the exact same thing, but this don't say gay thing in Florida, and I think it's happening in other states too. If you get right down to it, it's really the same issue. You know, it it's is. like we don't want to talk about homosexuality in any at all, but we certainly don't want to talk about it in a way that's positive uh, because it's going to, I guess, harm children, confuse children. You know, and as I've said before, I, I don't see you'd be hard pressed to find a, um, a a young boy or girl who's straight who, you know, turns gay because of what they of what they saw when they were a child. Uh, oh, by the way, is there what if that was the truth? What if you could cause somebody to think hmm, it's OK to be gay? Maybe I'll be gay. What's wrong with that? That's what I was going to say. You know, that's the, the foundational issue is like in the way I'm seeing the way I'm looking at, it, especially coming from a religious background. It's like anything that doesn't fit, you know, these religious faith based frameworks of what is right and what is wrong is always going to be pinned as problematic or deviant or, you know, X, Y, and Z go on forever. Um, and so the, the a big issue is that these folks are taking their religious faith beliefs and using them in power in um, positions of power within government. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to have separation of church and state, but we could go forever down a whole rabbit hole about that. So, well, now the Supreme Court just <laughs> ruled in favor of that. Uh, I don't remember where that was, but it was a col- it was a high school football coach who wanted to do a prayer uh in the field after at the end of the game or at the beginning of the game and they ruled that he could do that i'm really hoping that somebody decides to get a group of um muslims together or one muslim Mm -hmm. and they'll get the whole team to do you know to praise allah and face you know east or whatever let's see what happens when that occurs exactly exactly they're they're um they're really playing with fire in some ways with this Um, But to me, something like don't say gay bill is really important to fight and cut off at the knees immediately, because it is a slower process, right, 
to chip away at the rights of an entire community. And so don't say gay These in my comments mind. might be strong, but Hold it's on. how I genuinely feel. Um, I don't care that you're a Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Like, I feel like it's a clown show, like sitting here trying to decipher what your little mythical book has to say about these very real political issues, right? I don't care if you're Christian. In fact, I will fight for you to have your religious liberty and practice your Christianity. I believe in that. I don't believe in Christianity, which means that you do not get to dictate the way I live my life based on your religion. I don't care what the Bible says. You have every right in the world. All those women who identify with your religion have every right in the world to not get an abortion, to not take birth control. But they do not have the right to dictate my life and what I decide to do with my body. I don't care about your damn religion. I'm so tired of having nonstop conversations about what the Bible I just wanted to put that in there. That's um, absolutely. Have you heard that meme before? It's Anna. I can't remember what her name is, but uh, I have uh, not. But I've heard several several people on the interwebs <laughs> with that yeah. same argument and that same level of passion. Yeah, yeah. But she's well, right. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Um, all right. So um, enough of that. And um, <laughs> I'll have to bleep out that bad word. But anyway, we won't we won't play that when when okay. other people won't hear that. All right. So what else do you got? What else do you have? Well, this story is actually a great follow up to that. Um, so first Greek Orthodox baptism for child of gay couple in Greece. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. yes, yes. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So first gay couple um, to hold a Greek Orthodox baptism for their children in Greece. This happened last Saturday. Um, the couple's children were baptized um, by a, a lot of words I can't pronounce, but basically by a priest in the Orthodox <laughs> church. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm not going to butcher that. Um, it's a pretty short article, but the biggest thing is that um, the bishop said that this is the progress in leadership we need in our church, where no person should ever be denied our Lord because of what they are, how they choose to live their lives, or who they love. Um, and this made me happy because coming from, again, a religious background myself, um, I know a lot of queer folks, a lot of members of our community that are still religious, that still have some faith across the board. Um, but a lot of times they just feel like they're denied access to their faith because of, you know, <laughs> the argument that is made by that lovely meme you just shared. So um, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to have good news like that. Good news like that. And speaking of which, I know there's something that you wanted to talk about uh, that's happened with Georgia Equality that's good news. Let's hear it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so um, this year, um, Georgia Equality was chosen by the AIDS Healthcare Foundation to be an official beneficiary of AIDS Walk 2022. Um, that's AIDS Walk Atlanta. And so basically, AIDS Walk Atlanta happens every year, and it's sponsored by the National AIDS Healthcare Foundation. And what they do is they have agreed that all money raised by Georgia Equality will be matched dollar for dollar up to $150,000. And let me tell you, this is huge for a smaller grassroots organization like us, right? 
I mean, just to have $150,000 is amazing, but the fact that they're willing to match it, you know, and then we would end up with 300,000 is great. Um, and I think the biggest thing that we want to stress to people who end up wanting to donate is that this money is not limited to HIV work. They literally said, you all can use this money for any operating costs you need, because we understand that the work you do is interconnected, nothing operates in a silo. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share with the community that we have been chosen one of 10, um, 10 organizations, um, and anybody can form a team with us, anybody can give, um, every dollar counts, um, and we're just so excited. Um, I do believe AIDS Walk Atlanta this year is on September 24th in Piedmont Park, and um, we are allowed to raise money all the way up until October 31st. Cool. Well, congratulations. That's 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 wonderful. Thank um, you. And uh, I think that that AIDS walk I've done. Have you done it before? I've done it a few times. I have not physically been able to go yet. I'm excited. I heard it is a big party. Oh, I heard yeah. it's so fun. It's just it's nice to get out, especially if the, if the weather's nice, which a lot of times it is in September and do something like that that's supportive uh, of uh, of our community and see so many people that are allies out there. I think it's what's so cool. So many children, um, uh, so many straight al- allies that love to do that. There's a lot of businesses are there. Um, so I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. Well, congratulations. That's great. Thank that's, you. That's really great. Um, something else um, I, I wanted to bring up is uh, the uh, Out Georgia Business Alliance. Uh, and this is the only LGBTQ and uh, allied chamber of commerce in Georgia is hosting uh, the 2022 LGBTQ Business Summit and Expo virtually and in person at Truist Park uh, this week, uh, which is it's on July 13th and July 14th. So it's actually tomorrow and the next day. Um, the uh, Georgia 2022 LGBTQ Business Summit and Expo is an opportunity to bring Georgia-based LGBTQ and allied business owners, nonprofit leaders, and corporate folks together to learn from each other. Uh, the theme this year is the power of connection, uh, which highlights out Georgia's dedication uh, to including and spotlighting members of the community who most need support. So uh, I think that's really cool. It's a that's two- awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-day event uh, at Truist Park, uh, hosted by the Braves. Bonus for Braves fans. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's really uh, exciting. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, the, key- the out- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, the keynote is Candace Blacknall, the CEO and founder of GABA. I assume G stands for gay. I don't know what that is. Um, but anyway, uh, there'll be panel discussions. Uh, so, all right. So that's cool. So that's really neat. Uh, and then another thing that I wanted to talk about, which, uh, now this comes in with a heading of kind of irrelevant, but it's just kind of gossip. So I'll, okay. start, by, I'll start by saying that this is like completely perhaps untrue, uh, because none of it's been verified, but, okay. um, if anybody who knows me loves uh, knows that I love gossip. So um, here's <laughs> what the deal is. Okay. So, um, and Alexa, I don't think you go out to the bars too much, do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. Oh, it's seasonal for me, but I can go out to the bars. Okay. That's all, all right. I'll say is I've all had right. my fair share nights. 
Okay, so that uh, bar, which is called Ten, which is in, on the corner of uh, you know Tenth and Piedmont. You're kidding, geez. N- connected to Tenth and Piedmont, that I used to go three times a week. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's ten- it's not Tenth and Piedmont, but it's the bar across the one across the street, the street. has the yeah. big patio or whatever. So yeah. anyway, and again, everything that I say here is my own opinion. Okay, so I anything I say, you can't be offended. Because I'm just telling you, it does nothing to do with what the uh, uh, what the radio station thinks or anything like that. But anyway, having said that, I've never really liked that bar. I feel like it has no soul, okay? I don't think it yes. has no soul. So I know what you mean. Hollow shell. Everybody comes, they hang out there. Anyway, so uh, about a year ago, um, uh, people used to hang out there before COVID. Certainly on Sundays, it would get packed, um, uh, the little patio area out there. Uh, but... After COVID, what's been happening is the bar called Eight Arm, which is on Ponce de Leon. It's right across from Ponce City Market, which actually has really good food, by the way. But I don't know how this happened, but on Sundays, they have some sort of hacienda day or something, and the gays have been going there on Sundays. I had no idea because I have aged out, I guess. But anyway, uh, so uh, they've been going there for the past year or so. So on Sundays, they go there, they party, and I guess it's competition for 10. Uh, And so now that building, I don't know if you know this, but that whole building has been bought out, and it's going to be destroyed, the whole thing, right across the street from Ponce, from Ponce City Market. No way! Yeah, it's going to turn into another mixed-use City marketies. I know, I know. So nice old building with funky stuff, and it goes away and is replaced by you know, Enormo Dome or whatever it is. But anyway, so that's <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, but uh, so that restaurant slash bar Eight Arm is probably going to go. Well, it was going to go away in a few months, but because of the guy, his name is James Nelson, and he is the uh, he's not the owner uh he's the agent of 10 uh and my understanding is he's um kind of a challenging individual but what he did and again this is just a rumor but what he did was he was concerned about the competition from this eight arm so he got a drone uh last week and went over uh on sunday and and uh, took video of all the people outside piling onto the streets and I think he had word that there was an issue with their license. And so <gasps> then he called the cops. Uh, and so eight armed officers showed up and uh, shut it down. Uh, and uh, so there is one less queer space for people to, uh, to spend time in. And this was because of this guy, James Nelson. And it's all over Twitter. Allegedly. Over. Yeah, it's allegedly. But everybody's, <laughs> everybody's furious. Uh, and wow. uh, yeah, wow. yeah, so um, and those people are definitely they can't go there anymore because it's been shut down, like the whole restaurant is now closed, um, because really? of what he did. And uh, but those guys just went somewhere else now on Sundays, they're not going to 10. So we'll see what happens now. He's not the owner of this guy, his name again is James Nelson. But ooh, people do not you like have him. to be careful messing with us because yeah. let me tell you if we all decide that we hate you or enough of us we will shut it down exactly exactly be careful. do not I mess know. with one of our spaces i know i know i know so um 
Well, that's uh, that's really all uh, I have, unless you have something else that you want to tell the folks before we go. Um, Other than I love them. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I will be, um, uh, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going out of the country for the next couple of weeks. Uh, And so Sharon is going to take over the show, but Alexa has graciously graciously, uh, um, offered to continue to do the news segment. So I really appreciate that, Alexa. And it's really been absolutely. This is so fun for me. I love it. So no worries. I'm excited. I hope you have a good time. Where are you headed? Uh, Going to uh, Amsterdam for four days. Uh, Santorini, Greece for five days, and then Ireland for four days. I don't know why we're doing it. I'm going with three straight men. All right. And they, (laughs) I know, and they're in their thirties and you know, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so my partner's not going. Um, It's just, uh, it sounds like a YOLO moment to me. Yeah. Very intense YOLO moment. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see one of them I'm really close with. And then the other two, I, I, they're very, very cool, but I don't actually know them that well. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens, but uh, anyway, all right. Report back. Yeah, I will report back. Okay. Thank you so much, Alexa. You're welcome, Uh, Greg. And we will be right Greetings, WRFG family and friends. On behalf of the board, staff, and volunteers, we want to send our appreciation for your support during our recent on-air fund drive. We are most grateful for those who donate faithfully to ensure that we stay on the air, providing you progressive news, information, and quality hand-picked music. We want to remind those who pledge to please fulfill your promise as soon as possible. You can simply mail your donations to 1083 Austin Avenue Northeast, Atlanta 30307. You can also utilize our secure online donation portal at wrfg.org. Again, we cannot thank you enough for the generous, loving support of your independent community radio station, 89.3 FM and wrfg.org. We exist, resist, and persist because of you. All right, and uh, we are back again. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, That little ditty uh, is called Silent Shout by uh, The Knife, um, which, I don't know, somehow the name Silent Shout uh, sounds relevant uh, when we're talking about uh, abuse and domestic abuse, because I think it's what people, I don't know, I think that's what people are doing when they're not talking um, and they're being abused. And uh, that's what our show is on tonight. Uh, tonight, um, we have a, uh, an activist, a relationship champion, and the author of a new book called Love is Not Abuse. He's also started a nonprofit, which we'll talk about towards the end of the, the segment here. His name is uh, Timothy uh, McLemore. Uh, and uh, welcome to the show. Should I call you Tim or Timothy? Tim is just fine. Thank you for having me, by the way. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for being here. So uh, Tim is on a mission uh, to create a safe haven and dedicated support system for the forgotten members of the LGBTQ plus community. And um, we just ended with Pride Month uh, and Pride Month is definitely dedicated to uh, happiness, uplifting and celebrating our LGBTQ voices, culture and rights. Uh, But there is a lot that 
needs to be said and a lot of attention that needs to be paid to issues of homelessness, domestic violence, and other uh, other things related uh, that happen in the in the queer community. Uh, and so his book, Love is Not a Abuse is being released, um, I don't know, any day now, really. Uh, and uh, what'd you say? Uh, in late July. Late July, late July. All right. And uh, in the book, which unfortunately is not out yet, so I haven't been able to read it, it's his own personal account of feeling trapped in relationship abuse cycles. So um, let's start here, Tim, if you're okay with it. Talk about your own personal experience uh, with abuse. Now, you called it cycles. So is this something, is there one particular relationship that you were trapped in uh, that you feel comfortable sharing something about with the group? Or just give us a little bit of your history as to how you got into this topic to begin with. Well, I honestly feel like it started with my father. You know, uh, my father was very physically abusive towards me growing up, but he always would say that he loved me. He, he told that to my siblings and I. So I guess um, subconsciously somehow I was wired that someone that loves you hurts you physically as well, in a sense. And I feel, uh, and the reason it's a cycle is because that led me having my own interpersonal relationships with men, I kind of allowed that. Um, I didn't have a, a boundary put up when it came to physical violence. Um, when he was physically violent towards me, I stayed with him. And when your mind and your heart have two different perspectives, you know, your heart is telling you one thing and your mind is obviously setting off alarms. That's, there's no, uh, I can't explain the confusion that that is when your mind and your heart are on two different wavelengths. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of why it was a cycle for me. Cause it went from my family into my own interpersonal relationships, um, with my previous boyfriend. And so would you, I mean, I do relate to this, Tim, by the way, and a little bit of a different, uh, skew, but the same sort of a situation. And I may mention it if we have time, but I don't want to make it about me. This, um, so you, I, I, so you, it makes perfect sense though, because, you know, it kind of fused for you, this, um, love slash abuse, one doesn't exist without the other one. So it makes perfect sense that somebody abuses you, but that, you know, that's part of love in a way. But, um, I'm wondering, did you find yourself attracted over and over to men that ended up being physically abusive to you? It's almost as if you absolutely absolutely not in all honesty um truly i felt like he was perfect all around except for when he was angry and he became violent um i actually thought i could change him in a way yeah but what i'm saying is it's i had somebody tell me once years ago in an al-anon meeting when i used to go to al-anon when it came to men she said that her picker was broken the the thing that picked the men that she was ended up with. So she kept yeah. picking men that were, you know, I guess alcoholics or whatever. And I guess what I'm saying is I wonder if that's kind of where you found yourself. You know, it's like, oh, my God, here's another one. No, no, thank God. Oh, okay. Um, and this was just uh, a one and done. Obviously, it was a lengthy relationship. Um, but, no, I'm not continuously finding or looking for men that are physically violent. Oh, so it was just one. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. So how long was that relationship? Um, three years. Three years. Wait, eight years, that's a long time. I always say one year in a straight relationship is like five years in a gay relationship. <laughs> Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Um, I just feel like a lot of us are hopeless romantics. So things kind of can tend to move fast sometimes, at least from my own experience and stories that I've heard from other people. You know, we all we all kind of we think we know what we want, you know, so we just we're very rapid sometimes, at least. me. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask you a question. You can tell me if it's okay. if it's not if it's not okay, let me know. But um, what kind of physical abuse are we talking about here in that relationship? Um, I mean, I've had to go to the hospital. I have scars on my body from the abuse. Um, I've various things, items being thrown. Um, I've been driving and, and attacked while I was driving. Um, many, many incidents. Wow. Many and spit on. Uh, yeah. How, how old were you when this was going on? Um, from the ages, of, I'm, I'm trying to maintain. Um, yes, you know, a little bit of anonymity for the, for yeah. the perpetrator. Right. Uh, in my 20s. In your 20s? It ended not too long ago, maybe a year ago. Oh, wow. So, yes. So I'm still healing and recovering. And actually writing this book was very therapeutic for me. It really was. It gave me time to reflect on everything and it really raised my awareness because now I just want to share it with everyone and I, I want to educate everybody and um, empower everyone that love is not abuse at yeah. all. Why do you suppose that you, um, when the abuse first started, why do you suppose that you stayed? I think you said you thought you could change the person, right? I thought I could change the person. Um, I was manipulated. I thought it was my fault. You know, when, whenever I was attacked or hit, um, he had a reason because I did this or I said this. Um, so I guess in a way that all made sense to me, uh, I didn't want to leave this person. Uh, we were also maintaining an image on social media as well. We were influencers together. Um, so it was kind of like we were portraying this image online, but behind closed doors, it was a very dark reality it felt like going back into the closet, to be honest, because none of my family or friends knew. And there was times where um, I ran away to my parents' house and stayed a couple of nights just to be away. And my parents would actually encourage me to get back with him because they liked him. He was very charismatic. And they also didn't know of the physical aspect of the relationship, the, you, you know, um, in their mind, they're like, Hey, like couples have their issues, just work it out, talk it out. They would encourage me. And of course I'm going to listen. Um, so it, I really did feel stuck. I felt stuck socially. I felt stuck internally, emotionally. Uh, yeah. And also- I, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just want to mention that I feel free as a bird now. I feel free. I think that also you can tell me if this, if this resonated with you at all, if this resonates, but I feel like uh, as a gay man myself in a relationship, uh, I feel like there's a certain amount of pressure to 
have a successful relationship because somehow we're having to prove to the rest of the world that our relationships are as valid or something. <laughs> yes. Yes, Greg. Yeah. I, I, you, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, so I'm going to reintroduce you. Uh, for those of us that are uh, just um, joining us, uh, we're speaking to Tim uh, uh, Macklemore. Uh, did I say that right? Yes. Uh, Macklemore. Macklemore. Uh, Tim Macklemore, who's just come out with his book, uh, Love is Not Abuse. And we're talking about um, physical abuse uh, in particular, but uh, abuse in general, domestic violence, uh, in particularly in the LGBTQ uh, community. And uh, there are some statistics that um, I think that, uh, do you have, let me see, I think I might have these here, or if you tell me a little bit about the statistics there, because I, I guess what I wanted to ask you is. Well, I'll tell you. I'll yeah, tell go you. ahead. Okay. Well, I will say one thing is that the statistics, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, statistics certainly show that domestic violence is way more prevalent and complicated in queer relationships compared to heterosexual ones. It's just unreported, very unreported. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see, yeah, 45% of victims do not report the violence they are experiencing to police because they believe it will not help them. This is in, within the <laughs> LGBTQ community. Uh, also, members of the community are maybe denied assistance to domestic violence services as a result of homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. Um, I, I can imagine, you know, if you're if this is happening to you in Alabama somewhere, uh, that your traditional places that you might go to get help, uh, you might not feel as though, you know, that these are open to you. Uh, fewer than fewer than five percent of LGBTQ plus domestic violent victims ever seek protective orders from the court. Um, so uh, that's um, wow. Uh, over tw only 26% of men who experience near lethal partner violence call the police. Yep. Um, so that 43.8% uh, of lesbian women and 61.1% of bisexual women are raped. The recipient of physical violence and are stalked by a partner at some point. Uh, this is true of only 35% of heterosexuals, yes. heterosexual women. That's, that's incredible. So it really does feel like uh, something that's not being, um, not really being talked about, doesn't it? It's not being talked about. And I understand, of course, during Pride, it's a time to celebrate, but it's also a time for us as a community to come together and do some internal realizations and create some standards amongst each other, healthy, non-healthy relationships. Um, I think awareness is key at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, we're we're speaking with Tim uh, with uh, Tim uh, Macklemore and uh, about domestic abuse in particular in the LGBTQ community, and uh, we will be right. The Georgia Cooperative Development Center, in cooperation with Regenerate Atlanta Cooperative Wealth Fund and the Organization for Human Rights and Democracy, presents Co-op Academy, an eight-week virtual co-op coaching intensive for existing co-op startups. 
Interested participants can learn more about Co-op Academy at one of two info sessions, Tuesday, July 19th, 12 to 1 p.m., or Sunday, July 24th, 4 to 5 p.m. For more information or registration, the website is ohrdemocracy.org or georgiacoopdc.org. That's georgiacoopdc.org. This has been another public service announcement from your community radio station, WRFG 89.3 FM. Coldplay. Uh, the song is Midnight. Thank you so much uh, for listening to WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM. And thanks to all of you that donated for our pledge drive uh, that uh, just ended uh, last week. Thank you so much. We'll have results on that later on. Uh, so we are speaking about domestic abuse uh, with Timothy uh, McLemore, who has just come out with a book on it. Um, so Tim, I want to get into a uh, little bit more about, let's see what we can do. I understand you have some steps that you recommend for people that are in one of these relationships. Um, First of all, I guess before we get into what to do if you're in one, is are there people that don't even know that they're in one? Like, How do you recognize? I mean, I guess it might be relevant to even tell somebody, look, these are the things that are happening that would indicate that you are in a physically abusive relationship. Maybe we'll start there. Yeah. Um, well, certainly if you're being struck by your partner, um, huge, huge major red flag, um, any kind of up close confrontation, um, any kind of energy that's, uh, giving that they want to fight you per se. Um, but what, what I really wanted to get into was the steps to, mm-hmm. to getting out. And this touches base with what you were saying for people that don't know they're in one is if you see something, say something that goes for everyone. If you see your friend isn't acting like themselves, say something, because not only are you raising their awareness that the situation they're in isn't normal, you also establish yourself as a resource for them when they're ready to get out. Who that do you is- say something to? Well, if it's you or if you're a friend, if it's yourself, call the local authorities, get a restraining order if possible, look for resources um, that cater to the queer community. I had an issue finding some that helped me, which is why I created my own nonprofit. Um, But yes. And if it's somebody else, I guess some people feel as though, um, you know, you see another couple and you see something that indicates to you there may be trouble, but there's concern around, you know, maybe this is none of my business. I don't want to get involved. I'm, a, I'm concerned with losing my friend because if I say something, you know, it'll cause an issue between the two of them. And maybe that person yeah. doesn't want me to do that. I like, what would you say to the person who has those reservations? 
fear of social impact. Yeah. Um, I, you have to put your reservations to the side because at the end of the day, you need to think of everyone as a, a community. And this is just something that we can't allow to taint our community. You really should put your reservations to the side and speak up and, and say something, whether that's to your friend, to the couple, to authorities. Um, at least me personally, there's no way I could just witness something like that and keep it pushing. What do you, what do you, do you say, I think there may be a problem here? Like, how would you go about that conversation if you were wanting to talk to the person, you know, that your friends was saying, listen, I think there may be an issue here. Are there any tips that you would give in terms of how to have a conversation like that? Um, that's a very tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it would all depend. Uh, if mm-hmm. it's friends, obviously bring them to the side and have a conversation if it's something you know a neighbor call the police because actually it, with my situation my previous partner he went to jail not because I called the police because someone else did the neighbors called the police so that was kind of like a breakthrough moment for me because I don't even know I would I would maybe still be in that situation to this day if I'm honest so it was just kind of like a rescue in a sense because the, the officers came um, they obviously seen what happened. There's no way about it. And I still didn't press charges that, you know, thankfully the state of Florida, um, they don't need the, the victim to press charges. They can go about it themselves. Um, so that's what they did. Um, so, yeah, wow. that must've been, what was that like when somebody else calls and gets this person and takes them to jail and you're sitting there left in the house alone I mean, what did you feel? I I couldn't even stay in the house, mostly because he had destroyed it also. I mean, the wall, broken, uh, sliding glass windows. Um, When I'm, this guy would have tornado tantrums, tornado tantrums. Um, So, yeah, I couldn't even stay in the house. I actually went to my parents' house, and I came out about everything. I told them what was happening behind closed doors. I told them about all the various situations. Um, and yeah, so my neighbor saved me. Truly. Wow. What my happened neighbor- when you were at your mom's house, though, like that first night, maybe after you talked to them and you were alone in your bedroom, like, I mean, I mean, what do you do with the love that you still may feel for the person? Like, was that like, what, where were you at at that moment with it? Was it just too much? You were beyond feeling that at that moment or. It's sort of like what I mentioned earlier, your heart is in one place and your mind is in another. And for me, that's the ultimate confusion. And that's exactly what I was feeling. I knew then and there that I had to leave this person, but let me tell you something, Greg, I'll be honest. After he got out of jail, I still stayed with him. I still stayed with him for, you know, maybe a a couple more months. Um, And he wasn't supposed to be around me. The court ordered him not to be around me. He was supposed to be going to uh, anger management classes, domestic violence classes and whatnot. And there was an incident, just like the statistics were showing, where it was a near fatal incident um, I mean, he, I was, uh, I don't even know how to get into it, but he was basically trying to push me off of the freeway. And the, uh, this isn't a basic freeway 
um, that's ground level. This is, you know, one of those highways, up high in the air freeways. And um, I kind of shouted at him. I said, what are you doing? Are you trying to, to kill me? And he just started crying, saying, no, of course I'm not. Um, and I just realized then and there, I have to, I have to get out. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to die. And my mother was telling me that, too. She was afraid she was going to see me on TV. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I really, I knew then and there that if I didn't leave, I will eventually die being with this person. Um, it didn't matter how much I love them. I had to choose myself and I had to learn how to love myself more. Otherwise, I yeah me so well and and tim just my heart goes out to you i I would say too at this point you did him a favor too you did him a favor as well as yourself because you saved yourself but you also saved him because whatever he would have done to you eventually he would have completely ruined the rest of his life as well so it takes a lot of bravery to do what you did. And this just happened a year ago. And I appreciate you being so open about this. Um, um, uh, so uh, soon, really, because it's only been about a year, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm assuring you're still, you're still working, you're still working through it. Uh, so uh, the, um, one of the things that I was wondering about, and I think it looks like one of the things, the problems that you're trying to solve for is people that aren't necessarily in the most progressive communities around the country where this is happening, where do they go? And so um, tell us a little bit about the nonprofit that you're looking to start or that you have started. Yes. Um, I want to provide a roadmap of hope through my story and resources of my nonprofit, which is called Essential Halls. Um, we're based in Miami, Florida, but available to anyone in the country. You could be in Louisiana and call us, and we want to be able to get you down and, and help you, whether that's educational resources, job placement, housing assistance, professional counseling. We really want to provide all the essentials to start because leaving these relationships, it's tough especially if you don't have the financial resources and the emotional resources. And yeah, you know, it's one of those things where the community kind of has to come together and, and help each other out. Uh, it, tell me what the name of the organization is again. Essential Haws, H-A-U-S. H-A-U-S. Where does that name come from? Um, it means great house. And that's what I want to open up. I want to open up a great house that serves as a shelter. All right. Okay. All right. Do you have a website yet or how might people get in touch with to get more information? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram um, at Essential Halls altogether. E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-H-A-U-S-S. Um, <laughs> and also you can contact me directly, um, Essentially Tim on Instagram. Um, and we also have a phone number as well. Oh, what's the number? Uh, uh, you're still looking for that. But so are people, are people contacting you then uh, through Instagram? Yes, people are definitely contacting me, especially sharing their stories. Um, right now I'm working on a project where I'm working with real victims, real queer victims. Um, and we're all going to come together and film um, a little 
mini commercial to help raise awareness and um, inform the community that this is a real issue. Um, yeah, no, that I, I have to say, you know, here I am in Atlanta. It's a local, uh, it, it's a fairly uh, large uh, progressive uh, community in Atlanta proper. I mean, there's still some conservatives here, but I'm not aware, and maybe they exist, but I'm not aware of uh, any homes like uh, that you could go to um, if you're leaving an abusive arrest uh, uh, relationship, if you're a man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and this would certainly happen, although, you know, it happens uh, with women, but I would assume if you're, a, if you're a woman in a battered uh, queer relationship, you can go to a women's shelter here and well, there's a, more than one, but if you're a man, I don't know that that exists. Or, or even trans. Or even trans, especially trans. Yeah, absolutely. Especially trans, uh, because, you know, there's this idea that men somehow just automatically can support themselves, have somewhere to go. Not necessarily the case, um, especially if you have like an older you have an older uh, man with a younger with a with a younger man. So. Um, wow. Well, this is just uh, it's a really important uh topic a really important uh message that you're uh giving and i'm glad that you have taken something that's so painful and turned it into something you know so nice that's 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 really wonderful uh well thank you so much uh tim uh for coming uh, on the show Uh, now the book will be out at the end of uh july uh so be on the lookout for love is not abuse and then uh, one more time, um, why don't we give the uh, where they can go to get in contact with you? Yeah, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at Essential Hawes, or you can contact me directly on my personal page, Essentially Tim, all together. All right, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Tim, uh, for coming on the show. All Thank right. you. Thanks a lot. Thank Bye. Uh, and uh, we will be right back. Your favorite independent community radio station turns 49 this month, and it's time to celebrate. Please join us for WRFG's 49th Birthday Boogie on Friday, July 22nd at the Arts Exchange. Now, this is also going to be a party for Harlan Joy's 89.3 FM birthday. Harlan, in case you don't know, was one of the community radio visionaries who brought WRFG to the Atlanta Airwaves. There will be plenty of food and drinks and a chance to meet our fine volunteers. And the X-Pan Band and Golden Mandela will perform live for your listening and dancing pleasure. Tickets are $20 in advance via WRFG.org or 25 at the door. Please make your plans now to attend WRFG's 49th Birthday Boogie and Harlan Joy's 89.3 FM birthday party from 7 to 10 p.m. on Friday, July 22nd. The Arts Exchange is located at 2148 Noonan Street, East Point, Georgia, 30344. Proceeds benefit WRFG 89.3 FM, your independent community radio station for progressive information and hand-picked quality music since 1973.
All right, and we are back. That was that was really powerful. Uh, and I wanted to just take a minute. I, I didn't want to talk about myself while uh, Tim uh, was on the line. But, you know, one of the things that I find so uh, interesting about um, and unfortunate about relationships is that so often they do mirror uh, the connections or the relationships that were formative for you when you grow up. And many times that's your parents. You heard Tim talking about he was physically abused by his father, whom he loved and whom he stayed with while being abused and grew up thinking it was normal. So, of course, uh, he's going to mirror that in his first relationship. It's unusual uh, that a person would just let them uh, let themselves uh, go through that once and then see their way clear to change it. Uh, and I really want to encourage anybody that is listening right now, regardless of whether you're gay or straight, that if anybody, anybody ever strikes you or threatens to strike you or treats you in a way that feels as though uh, they are um, uh, trying to control you physically, especially, uh, that that's something that is a giant red flag and you need to pay attention to that immediately. Uh, the other thing that I did want to say, I didn't say it to him, was, you know, he connected love with uh, uh, with abuse. You know, one went hand in hand with the other for him. And uh, I had kind of a similar situation growing up. It wasn't because of my parents. It was because of the society we grew up in. And I've, I've kind of talked about this before, but when I was... Uh, growing up in high school, and I knew I was gay, uh, I could tell I was attracted to other boys, I knew what it meant. And I grew up in the same society everybody else did. So I already felt ashamed around it, thought it meant I was not as much of a man. Um, but I remember distinctly more than once, uh, looking at someone, uh, I remember I was sitting out in the hallway once this was like, in I don't know, eighth grade in college in high school. And uh, we didn't have middle school in DeKalb County back then. So it, high school was from 8th to 12th. And I was out in the hallway because I was a fairly talkative boy and I got into trouble. They put me out in the hallway from my English class and I'm sitting there. And this boy comes walking down the hall between classes. And I thought he was really cute. So I'm kind of looking at him and I'm not realizing that I'm looking at him. I'm kind of looking at him as, I'm, as he's going down the hallway. It's just me and him. And as he passes me, he turns to me, not really even all the way in my direction, just kind of cocks his head a little bit towards me and calls and says to me, faggot, calls me a faggot, and then keeps walking. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm looking at this boy. I'm a, like kind of getting aroused looking at him because I think he's really cute. And he turns to me and he calls me faggot. So I immediately obviously felt incredibly ashamed, but I was still aroused. But at the same time, I was feeling shame. So shame for me um, and arousal kind of got fused in the same way love and um, physical violence got connected uh, for Tim. Uh, and so, as you can imagine, that led to all sorts of bad decisions uh, in my relationship life, um, being attracted physically to people that were, uh, you, that were shaming of me and that treated me poorly, not physically, but emotionally. Uh, so it's something that you really got to, 
watch out for. All right. And I think that's going to do it uh, for the show. Uh, next up, we have the Peach State Festival. And I will speak with you soon. Thank you so much for joining us.